0: 89777 7, 7, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft.
0: Yeah, it is daddy soda time here on the college draft podcast presented by fantasypoints.com. Just use the code FEAST, all caps, and you can enter into a best ball draft against me and Joe Dolan from the Fantasy Feast podcast. Again, all you got to do is go to fantasypoints.com, use the code FEAST, all caps, and then forward it to me, Ross at Tucker.com and say, best ball, big boy. Let's do this. I'm taking you down. Let's do it. So, anyway, uh, we've been getting some good entries, but we're doing a June best ball draft, a July best ball draft. So, let me see what you got. His name, by the way, is Matt Waldman, one of the best draft analysts, draft gurus out there. You can, you should, check him out. On social media at Matt Waldman. You can also go ahead and go to MattWaldmanRSP.com. That is his rookie scouting portfolio. All of our shows are at, at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. And Intern Casey is on fire. She is amazing. If you're not following us on Twitter and Instagram, you're doing it wrong. She's basically like school is in session every time Casey posts something because she's incredible. Check it out. At Ross Tucker pod is the way to do that. Uh, speaking of that, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. I would love to know like how many new listeners there are. How many people don't know that? I think most of you do, but we get new listeners. Hopefully every new episode, if you guys are spreading the word on social media or or at the water cooler, which what a lame expression now, huh, Pry? Uh, talk about the water cooler on Monday. Yeah, I don't think so, bro. A, Zoom, or B, social distancing. We got, we got to come up with a new term. Then, well, you got to make sure you listen to that so you can know what to talk about the water cooler tomorrow. I don't think there's going to be that many people huddling around the water cooler anymore. At any rate, uh, I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter or Instagram facebook uh, i've been tweeting out some nice food pictures i was at the beach for a few days we had a great seafood night we had thanksgiving in june we call it uh so good turkey filling anyway check it out please 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 spread the word about the shows any of them it means a great deal we only have two divisions left matt afc east and NFC East. so If you missed your team, go back and listen to one of the last six episodes because we're going through every single draft pick for every team because it just seems like it's the thing to do. You spend so much time leading up to the draft. Let's talk about every team's guys and what they got before we move on to the next year. We got time. We got time. So anyway, uh, AFC East today, a lot to get to. All right, Matt, we will start the AFC East with my old team, my stomping grounds. The Buffalo Bills did not have a first-round pick with that Stephon Diggs trade. So their first pick was a second-rounder and the defensive end, A.J. Epinesa, from Iowa.
1: Yeah, you know, this is a big, long, athletic guy with excellent strength, really heavy-handed, and you know he's an excellent bull rusher with good counters with his power game. I mean his game is really a lot about power. Doesn't really have great bend or burst, but he's he's and he's not really an all-around pass rusher, but he's still going to be effective with what he does well and he should still be very good for the Bills as a run defender and power rusher.
0: Then you get to a running back that they wanted to pair with their other youngster, Zach Moss from Utah. I know during the pre-draft process, we had talked about him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think this is a nice pick for them. He reminded me pre-draft in terms of the comparison that I gave of, of Travis Henry with a little bit better receiving skills and, and better pass protection skills. This is a guy that I think could eventually take over that backfield as the lead back, um, He's a guy that has, you know, nice feet, um, pretty good vision, and someone, like I said, who can really pass protect. I mean, he's a guy that they often left alone on the edge at Utah, and he handled it very well, good screen um, receiver, and and someone who's going to probably get red zone duty early on.
0: So the next couple are interesting. They're guys I, I know pretty well. Gabriel Davis, the wide receiver from UCF. I called two of their games last year certainly has the body for it it's just interesting at UCF he mainly he mainly ran like go routes or quick look passes he didn't run that many different routes um and then Jake Frum from Georgia who led them in the national championship game as a true freshman and a guy that I saw in the U.S. Army Bowl your thoughts on Gabriel Davis and Jake Frum
1: And I like the fit for for Davis here because he's a guy that, again, he he does well on a lot of the deep routes, but he's also a a good receiver. You see flashes of what he can do route-wise with routes that are, say, in-breaking routes like, um, you know, the dig route or maybe crossing routes where he's allowed to work inside without really any really hard breaks back to the quarterback, but plays where he can continue to run – Across the field as he catches the ball. So, you know, he's very effective and dangerous when you get him in a position where you can throw to him in stride and he's continuing down the field because he has that build up speed and power um, to his game. And I think that those routes are the type of play routes that you could see paired with play action passing in this Buffalo, um, you know, game, offense that has a good run game and has the ability, you know, with Josh Allen's arm to be able to hit those intermediate and vertical routes that do as such. And if they they do that, I think he can have an impact early on. Um if they run him a slew of you know curl routes and 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 routes where he's maybe not his momentum isn't carrying him downfield. You may not see him at his absolute best right away, but he's a guy that has potential um and then when you look at Jake Fromm i mean listen this is kind of a a sink or swim situation for him because the biggest questions are about the arm strength you know there one one take is that he just doesn't have an arm strong enough to be an nfl starter uh, and then the other end of the spectrum which i tend to be on is that it, when you look at his tape there are a lot of plays where he was forced to drop back longer than actual what the pros would ask him to drop back and throw in terms of the route pairings. And one of the reasons why maybe James Coley, the offensive coordinator, is no longer there. And and Fromm kind of was throwing the ball from further away, taking longer to actually throw the route based on the drops that were prescribed for him. And if that's the case, then I think we're going to see enough arm strength for him in Windy Buffalo. And if that happens, then you're going to see a guy who may never be, he's never going to be Josh Allen. But in the same time, Josh Allen may never be him when it comes to what Fromm can do in terms of making quick decisions, making accurate decisions, and being able to lead his team down the field on longer drives. And, and Fromm has shown some ability to make some big plays in ways that I think people have um, kind of underrated. So this is a guy that maybe in a year or two, if the arm strength holds up for him, um, could wind up challenging Allen if Allen doesn't continue to grow.
0: Last three guys, uh, Tyler Bass, a kicker from Georgia Southern, we will pass over. Isaiah Hodgins, a wide receiver from Oregon State, and Dane Jackson, a corner from Pitt.
1: Yeah, Hodgins has pretty good size, and he's a guy that I think could really have some use right now in the red zone because he has quick feet. He's someone that can go up and really attack the ball and win it. And he, he works well both on the outside routes, on, you know, fade routes and, and out routes, as well as being able to run maybe the quick slant and, and be able to work inside on some crossing routes. And, and he can make some plays in tight coverage. I'm um, not the speediest guy, but pretty good short area quickness. Is, and, and, you know, in the red zone, that's a really good thing to to build. Those skills that he has are going to work there well. Um, can he become more than a, a, a specialist, you know, as a contributor in the lineup, that's the big question with him, but the hands, the routes, the size, those are all pretty good things, um, that he brings to the table right now. And then when it comes to, uh, Jackson, um, you know, he's a, he's effective at taking angles to attack the ball, but, um, he can get a little handsy in coverage. This is a guy that's smooth, you know, he's good back pedal. He flips his hips. Well, um, he just doesn't have great acceleration. So he's the type of guy that if maybe you have him against bigger, bigger, um, athletes, he may do pretty well in, in press coverage, but he's probably more of a, of a, of, of a guy that's, um, a zone coverage guy, um, when it comes to, you know, some of the smaller receivers out there He's going to be paired with, that's what he's going to do best.
0: Let's get to the Miami dolphins, Matt. They had a lot And I mean a lot of draft picks. I've lost track. They had three in the first round that we already talked about back when we did the first round. Now you get into the second round, and we'll go to Robert Hunt, the guard from Louisiana, and a guy I find so intriguing, Raekwon Davis, the D-tackle from Alabama.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's start with Raquan Davis because you know when you take a look at what davis has to do you know has available to him he is a a pretty big player who you know in terms of six seven and somewhere between about 305 315 fluid he's quick he's strong enough with his reach that he's gonna be able to bring ball carriers down that are just within the gap of his position um and he plays outside and inside and i think that you know people are gonna have preferences for him for different reasons but i think he's better inside Um, but they can move him around situationally. And he's going to flash, you know, the ability to anchor and set up short where he can really ragdoll some defensive linemen. I mean, he's a, you know, very strong guy. Um, And he was, you know, right now he's much better against the run as a pass rusher. Um, Not much of a bender, but he is fluid. He can, he doesn't get under and around guys the way that you would like, but the power game is there. And, you know, he's going to be an excellent penetrator through gaps and he's going to play well in traffic. And then when you think of a guy like Hunt, you know, this is someone who really, he's someone that he's powerful. He, you know, he has really strong skills as a run blocker. um, And he's someone that has good leverage. He uses his feet well. um, And I think that he can also get to the second level once he gets his hands on guys. Um, You know, he's very good at that. Um, but he can be a little bit slow with using his hands as a pass protector. His timing overall is going to have to be better, Um, but I think that this is a guy that, you know, overall he has the opportunity to grow into a starter Um, and and someone that was, uh, you know, has that impressive power. Uh, I think that he's going to grow into someone that's going to be helpful to the Dolphins pretty soon. The Raekwon
0: Davis thing is just so interesting because it seemed like, I mean, if he had been able to leave school after like his redshirt freshman year or whatever that year was, and he was an absolute monster at the end of the season, I feel like he would have gone in the first round like two years ago, and they just never really put it all together. Let's get to their mid-round guys, Matt, and I'll give you a couple to start. Uh, Brandon Jones, the safety in the third round from Texas, and Solomon Kinley the big, thick guard from Georgia in the fourth round.
1: Yeah, a couple of fun picks here. Because, I mean, Jones is a better sa- zone safety than he is man-to-man in terms of coverage, but he's also a very good tackler in space. Um, he's skilled at working through traffic. Um, so this is something that I think is going to help him contribute right away as a special teamer. Um, now, he can miss tackles when he's playing a little too slow, Um, and there's times that maybe he reacts a little slowly to information, um, and doesn't really anticipate receiver movements really well, which is why man to man, maybe that's where he has some struggles, but I think he should round out into a contributor on the defense, um, and be a a core special teamer right away. And then Kinley's a guy that I think is going to develop into a really fine guard, um, quick hands, uh, you know, he's someone that he, he handles. A lot of the games that defenders play in terms of twists and late blitzes, um, you know, very violent in terms of his ability to to punch and, and move people around. Um, he can play a little too far on his toes and be a little too aggressive at times. Um, he does get beaten quickly by um, tackles who have really good technique. Um, but when he can begin balance and stay balanced, um, you know, he's good at being able to reset his hands and be able to move people around and get to that second defender Um, moves well laterally as a pass protector. And, and I just, you know, I've talked about this before, but there's just kind of an energy way that he moves that I've seen with some really good players in the NFL. It's just a, it's a level of urgency, a level of aggression that, that I think that if he can, you know, play under control, um, it's that kind of energy that really makes a difference between good players and great players in the league. And this is a you know big guy with an aggressive and physical streak, so he's going to be fun to watch.
0: I thought the fifth-rounders were interesting for the Dolphins, Matt. I really did. Jason Strobridge, the DN from North Carolina, who's got some versatility, and Curtis Weaver, who had about a billion sacks at Boise State.
1: Yeah, you know, and and – we often find guys at defensive end or on the edge who who are who are in this level and we'll start with Weaver because I mean I, I, I think of guys like Elvis Dumerville who weren't like maybe early round picks but had long careers and you know, Weaver's 6'3", six three, two sixty five, he has that low center of gravity, really strong core and he's explosive off the line. I mean quick hands, good leverage. And he's going to take that half a man in front of him and work under their arms and, and win those battles. He's just smooth and fluid. He accelerates well, um, you know, and he can work over the top of cut blockers and keep his feet. Just someone who seems to anticipate what's happening in front of him and being able to react to it well. He, he doesn't flatten out and, and, and bend the edge as well as you'd like to see. Um, so he can wind up above the quarterback in the pocket. And this is a common thing for a lot of young pass rushers where they don't necessarily, uh, you know, they overrun that arc and run themselves out of plays. i um, a guy like Greg Rousseau of Miami, who we'll be talking about a lot one day, um, with the Miami hurricanes is, is a guy who doesn't do that right away. And, and a good friend of mine who played in the NFL by the name of Ryan Riddle, um, you know, talked about how mature Greg Rousseau was with me this weekend. Um, But even so, there are moments where I've seen him show a lot of flexibility. Um, I think this is a guy that could probably be a good candidate to play outside linebacker in a 3-4, as well as be able to be a defensive end in the league. And then Strobridge, I mean, he's really well built, 6'4", 275. He can work inside or outside. He has that length and strength to really ward off, disengage, and tackle. And he he just has to play with greater compactness with his frame. Um, And he doesn't really have a lot of pass rush technique right now. Um, But he's the guy that you you can see him maybe being kicked inside to rush the passer right now. Um, But he'll also, uh, I I think, have to put in a little bit of work on setting the edge without getting pushed around. Um, But there's a lot of potential there with him. And I think a lot of these things that he doesn't do well, He can develop and become a a really good starter in the league.
0: The last guy, I'm not going to ask you about Blake Ferguson, the LSU long snapper, but they did in the seventh round take Malcolm Perry, uh, the former Navy quarterback who's going to try his hand as a wide receiver. I'll just say this. uh, He is an electric football player. I I did the Army-Navy game the last three years. I mean, I don't know what his testing numbers were. I don't care. That guy has some serious juice, and it's like he's got eyes all over his head. I'll be curious to see what he can become as sort of a slot receiver, maybe punt returner type.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think of guys like Bert Emanuel in the past and, and a number of guys who have been quarterbacks in the league Um, and have developed in the slot guys. I mean, you could even say, you could even make a statement that Heinz Ward, who was a running back and played quarterback at Georgia for a a stint, played it with a broken jaw, you know, during the year that he, with a wired shut basically, in a Peach Bowl game, I remember watching him start at quarterback. Malcolm Perry could be that type of guy, I mean, who can make that conversion. Greg Ward is a recent example with the Philadelphia Eagles, who successfully made that transition and, and continues to grow as that type of player. And I think that Perry certainly has that opportunity because of the skills that you mentioned, the, the body control, the ability to, to really see and process what happens on the field. And being a quarterback, former quarterback, it's advantageous uh, on that level, not only in terms of your understanding of the, of the passing game, um, but also just how well you do see and process information that can help you as a player you know, away from center and in terms of when you're working in traffic. So, you know, Perry is an intriguing guy and a a nice get, you know, late in the draft. Next team up, we
0: will get to the New England Patriots. And they didn't have a first round pick. Their second round pick, the first second round pick, they had two of them. It was Kyle Duggar, the safety from Lenora Rhine, and Josh Ushay, the edge rusher from Michigan.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the Patriots always uh, are, are an intriguing team when it comes to who they pick. And and you can see that Duggar was, you know, he's athletic, he's physical. He's a safety who plays zone coverage well right now. And he can also cover in the slot as a big nickelback. So he's he's a guy that you could see probably lined up against, um, you know, large larger receivers and tight ends. Um, he tracks and catches the ball really well and he also tackles well and, and works the alleys effectively so this is someone that i think is going to be able to make an impact pretty early on in his career he may not be a guy that you're going to want making the calls right now um you know from the backfield um, in terms of you know being able to read the field and see what's going on but i think that's what they're going to they're, they're hoping that he can develop in that. And if not, I think he'll still have a place on this team in terms of what he can do for the Patriots in, in, in those roles in zone and, and also being able to be maybe kicked inside. And Uche, you know, he's an edge defender with the athletic ability you're looking for. I mean, burst, length, flexibility. He's, just, he's a raw player right now in terms of technique. You know, his hands aren't necessarily refined. Um, he's a guy that doesn't avoid getting engulfed by you know, by larger offensive players. Um, so he has to, to develop the skills to avoid that and to be able to, um, or work through it. And he has an injury history. He has a stress fracture in his foot and a torn meniscus, but there's a lot of promise to him. And, and I think they feel like that he's someone that can, can help them out, um, you know, within a couple of years and be an asset. So they've got
0: three third round picks, Matt, two of them. Were tight ends Devin Asiasi and from UCLA, and Dalton Keene from Virginia Tech.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and these are fun guys because you, you know you look at look at them and you can see that the Patriots are kind of looking to that template of having one be that inside guy to hopefully um, you know play the role that Rob Gronkowski played, maybe never as well, but at least well enough to be a starter in the league, and then the other to be more the H-back guy that they once had in Aaron Hernandez at the height of his career, um, and you see that with Asiasi. I mean, this is a guy that I really liked. He's he's quick. He's he's a little bit shorter than what you would look for in a tight end most of the time, but kind of like an Algie Crumpler type, a former... Pro Bowl tight end with the Atlanta Falcons, who was a little bit shorter, but had a nice wide base, good um, center of gravity, someone with good quickness. And they were both Asi and Crumpler were guy, are guys that are very skilled in the open field. They can make the first man miss, sometimes the second, but they can also run through wraps and reaches, bounce off of a hit. Um, and, and they're very smooth at being able to make plays and tight coverage on you know quick hitting as well as intermediate types of routes. And I so I think Asiasi is a guy and as a blocker, he's he's on his way. So I think this is a guy that by, by year two we could see him having an impact on the field that's you know that you see significant growth from year to year and he could wind up being a good tight end in this league. Whereas Keen is interesting because he played a lot of fullback at Virginia Tech and a lot of H back and you're probably going to see him in those roles right now. He has good downfield skills as a receiver. I mean, this is a guy, you don't see it a lot, but when they threw to him downfield, he could go up and win the ball. I mean, he won the ball like a receiver more than he did. as a, He looked more like a receiver than a fullback in those situations. I mean, just pulling the ball away from defenders, out positioning um, the defender downfield, being able to fluidly turn and go up to win the ball. And of course, he can run after the catch um, you know, and he's a guy that can serve you already as a lead blocker and as someone who can help with double teams. So I think that he can also have a nice impact, um, you know, early on, and this should be a nice pairing for what I think the Patriots would like to do, which is to, you know, continue to upgrade their offensive line, which they've done in this draft. Um, and we'll talk about those guys in a moment and, and then be able to, give, you know, aid to that run game by having a couple tight ends in there um, of note who can, you know, help with the blocking, but also be factors in the receiving game where you can be multiple and, you know, detach those guys in a variety of different looks.
0: The other third rounder was Anthony Jennings, uh, another edge rusher from Alabama.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this should be a guy that they would look to to hopefully – replace Kyle Van Noy at some, you know, he's a strong side. Um, He can be a strong side outside linebacker. He can rush the pass or defend the run very quick, get off. He beats offensive linemen into the backfield and he can combine moves to work free. So this is a smart player with good athletic ability proven program. Um, And they're probably looking for a guy who can play those multiple roles. And, and, you know, Bill Belichick likes guys who, You know, when you think about it, are are very heady, very have a have a very nice intellectual feel for the game. um, Who can do some different things that they're asked to do within the, um, you know, that may not always be one position like where that kind of bleeds into different positions. And Anthony Jennings fits the bill in terms of what he did at at Alabama. All
0: right, they took a kicker from Marshall in the fifth round. We don't get into kickers, but then we do get into the. Three offensive linemen, two in the sixth round, Michael Onwenu uh, from Michigan, the guard, Justin Heron from Wake Forest, the tackle, and Dustin Woodard, a center, from Memphis.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, we talked about Asiasi and him being a little bit shorter for a tight end. One who's about 6'3", Um, you know, he's... <laughs> He, you know, generous, generously, they. he was at 350 at one point. He weighed even 375 even, you know, at an earlier point in his career. Um, he's a road grading guard, you know, and, and, you know, when he can use his hands well, he can be dominant, um, and he has some nice skills to move laterally for a guy his size. He can pull and reach. Um, he can seal that point with his arm length. Um, But he does lose the reach battle at at, at a lot of moments where he just can't stay engaged. Um, So he's going to have to really work on his technique. Um, But he does have flexibility and power. And, you know, that's going to be the key for him at the line of scrimmage is when he can leverage that flexibility and power as much as possible and do things that minimize that lack of length. Um, You know, when it comes to reach blocking linebackers, but this is a guy that does have promise for them. Um, And, you know, as long as he can maintain the weight and keep that under control, I think that he's going to be promising. And then, you know, you have a guy like Heron, who's, you know, he's a tackle with really good length, well-timed punches. He's patient with his pass protection. He just has to get stronger and develop a little better timing with his hands and feed as a run blocker. He had an ACL tear um, in 2018, um, bounced back from that. Um, I think right now he can work in this, as his own scheme as a run blocker. Um, he might be a little bit better as a reserve guard than a tackle, um, but they've got two guys there that that can that, that can be possibly, um, you know, helpful to them in... in reinforcing that offensive line.
0: The last guy was uh cash Malauia Malua. I don't know. A linebacker from Wyoming. They took in the sixth round.
1: Yeah. Oh, and I forgot about Woodward, you know, I mean, this is a guy, Dustin Woodward. I mean, he, he played the guard and center spots and, you know, shouldn't forget him at all. I mean, David Andrews, who missed 2019 with blood cops and his lungs was going to be back. But Woodward has a lot of potential to play. Um, center. He's played center in both guard spots, but he's he's very familiar with the blitz packages he, and and seems to be very good at being able to handle that. He's quick and mobile, just not very strong. Um, so I think he's going to have real upside for this team. And then Malua, I mean, he's a he's a short linebacker paired with Logan Wilson, the the, the Bengals middle linebacker uh, out at Wyoming. He's very good at diagnosing plays. He's quick and fast he i think he can play special teams right away he just has to focus on being able to how to learn how to shed linemen a little more consistently and work on his pass drops and coverage overall if he can you know develop those skills i think he has a chance to be a late bloomer and develop into at least a contributor on that defense if not a starter
0: last but not least matt we will get to the New York Jets, we know about Makai Becton in the first round. Uh, their second-round pick got a lot of conversation leading up to the draft. Denzel Mims from Baylor.
1: Yeah, I liked him a lot. I mean, he's you know he's a guy that played in an offense that may not have the the widest array of routes run and, and reads that he might have to make in, compared to an offense that he's going to be in in New York. But he's he's really developed his skills with press man. Um, and I think that he's going to only get better in that department. He has, he, he has some drops on his record, and he'll have some concentration drops, but he's a guy that makes some spectacular catches. Maybe the two best guys at being able to make some of those catches away from your frame are he, him and um, C.D. Lamb probably were the best two at that. Um, very tough receiver who I think that as long as he can show his willingness to work and continue to work, on a team with a lot of young veterans who haven't really made their mark in the league as consistent starters compared to their draft status. And he, and he doesn't wind up getting sucked into the gravity of their, of, and I hate to say it, but their mediocrity um, or less than that. And, and he can show that he can work independently or do the things that those guys haven't been able to do. Um, I think that he can transcend um, that group and with a good coach like Sean Jefferson, um, maybe some of those other guys like Rashard Perriman, who's looked like he's turned a corner, can continue to. And he could be a part of a, you know, a, a good starter who could not only replace Robbie Anderson, but be an upgrade to him.
0: Couple of third round picks who both got a bunch of conversation leading up to the draft as well. Ashton Davis, the safety from Cal and Jabari Zuniga, the edge rusher from Florida.
1: Yeah, Davis is athletic. He's tough. He can tackle and play in traffic, and he has that speed to quickness in terms of his ability to flip his hips and run downfield. I think he's going to thrive on special teams immediately as a gunner, and and he can work also on the inside. And he has some slots coverage kills to his game. He's a smart player who's going to be versatile for them and be a contributor on the defense right away. And then Zuniga, you know, he can play tackling end in a four three base. Um, He's a little bit more a tackle right now, if you ask me, but he has the athletic ability um, that people clamor for where he could probably play outside linebacker if needed. Um, He's sudden as a run defender. He has violent hands, good quickness, first couple of steps off the line are very good. And there's some speed to power skill that's compelling. Um, Overall, he's a strong athlete you know with excellent movement and tackling prowess he just needs to more moves in his game and a little bit understanding of how to exploit leverage but there's you know he should be a starter in this league
0: couple of fourth round picks three of them actually uh p ryan the running back from florida james morgan the quarterback florida international and cameron clark offensive tackle from charlotte
1: yeah, P runs that type of guy that goes earlier in drafts than maybe a lot of fans may realize just because he's got the size, he has enough quickness, he can catch, he can pass protect, and he has decent vision. He's the type of guy that if you need him to start for you, he's not going to embarrass or hurt the team, um, but he's not the type of guy that teams are going to covet as being the starter year in and year out um, for three to four years. So he's a guy that will have a long career in this league, um, as a contributor and a backup, but not necessarily ever a long-term starter. And then when you look at James Morgan, he's a, he's a big arm passer. He just has to become a little bit more mature as a decision maker. Um He had a really nice, you know, final year to his career down, you know, in the, in the, in, in the state of Florida. But, you know, before that he was, you know, with Bowling Green. And he's a guy that shows some promise. Decision-making, though, is going to be the big thing for him. And Clark's a left tackle at Charlotte who really has the range and mobility of a guard who can – he has great grip and control with a strong punch and leverage. Um, He may need to tamp back his punching a little bit so he doesn't overextend. Um, But he's a powerful and smart player who reads the field well. He just has to get better with his lateral mobility.
0: Last two, uh, and I'm not going to get into Braden Mann, the punter. So the last guy is actually a guy that's local. He lives right near me, uh, Matt. Bryce Hall, fifth-rounder from UVA, who I, people were talking about him like he would have been a first-rounder if he left after the 2018 season. He elected to go back to Virginia for his senior year, suffered a devastating injury against the Miami Hurricanes, Ends up going in the fifth round to UVA. I actually watched him play wide receiver in high school around here for Bishop McDevitt High School.
1: Yeah, we wanted to talk about him this year, but by the time we got to a Virginia game that was a really great matchup, unfortunately, he was out with that ankle. And, you know, he's a smart zone coverage defender, you know, really great anticipation and attack of the football, which you would expect from a former receiver who was a good receiver. He's a ball hawk. Um, you know, and that past as a receiver shows, he can be physical at the line and as a press player, you know, he's pretty good at that level. If you give him again, bigger receivers to cover that aren't necessarily going to use their change of direction, quickness to, to, as their, as kind of their trump card, then Hall is a guy who, you know, can really stick with those types of bigger receivers um because he just doesn't have great change of direction doesn't really stand out to him but you know if you think of him as a really strong run defender zone coverage guy who can do some press against larger receivers um who are in a sudden which means he can probably kick inside some too i, I think that he can be an asset to a defense um you know pretty soon
0: matt that was incredible i love it i'm almost sad That last week, our next week's our last one with the NFC East, but obviously I got a lot to say about the Philadelphia Eagles and more looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys and others next week, Matt? Also looking forward to talking to you next Monday and, and finding out how your father's day was, it would be awesome If your daughter whoever got you a story from myfrontpagestory.com, the best gift for like a Mother's Day, Father's Day, Valentine's Day I've ever heard of. Just being able to say to your dad, hey, dad, I know I usually just get you like a gift card or socks or ties or golf balls or whatever, but I want to do something that would last forever and something that would mean a lot. So I had a story written about you. Boom. So money, it's not even funny. Myfrontpagestory.com. Check out my social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, to see Twitter or Instagram posts where I have videos where I show you what it looks like. You will enjoy it, and your dad will absolutely love it. Myfrontpagestory.com. Other than that, hope you enjoyed Jason Bell. On today's Ross Tucker football podcast, talking about his life as a gunner in the NFL. Whew, the guys on the outside during punt that get beat up by two dudes. That was that was awesome. Check him out uh, on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Other than that, I think we're done here.